0: good to be with you this morning. I'm glad that uh, Tanya choked up a little because I don't have to now. Uh, She gets it honest. Uh, It is good to be with you today. I've met some of you. Uh, Some of you we've had a gay old time with and we'll not get into that. Uh, I would like to begin today by reading The scripture, uh, followed by a prayer and then the sermon. The scripture today is taken from Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 11. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa. Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, uh, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant uh, of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for, the ser- for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave to your servant Moses. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses, saying if you are unfaithful i will scatter you among the nations but if you return to me and obey my commands then even if you your exile people are at the farthest horizon i will gather them from there and bring them to the place i have chosen as a dwelling place for my name they are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And then the first phrase of the next chapter simply says, I was cupbearer to the king. May we pray. O oh Lord, you are the light that guides our feet. You are the map that gives us direction. You call us on a journey to a place we do not know. We are not where we started. We have not reached our destination. We're sometimes not even sure where we are. Are going, and who we are. This is not a comfortable place. Be among us, we pray. Calm our anxieties. Save us from discouragement. Help us to stay on course. Open our hearts to your guidance so that our journey to this unknown place continues as a journey of trust. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Life is full of transitions. As Winston Churchill was working to form the United Nations after World War II, he famously said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I would like to say today, never waste a good transition. Life can sometimes feel like a game of chutes and ladders. You're going along toward a goal and uh, something great happens. You climb up a ladder, then something unexpected happens, and you fall down the chute. You get a divorce, you lose your job, or there's a global pandemic that disrupts everything, or your pastor resigns, or you end summer vacation and have to go back to school. Bruce Feiler in the book, Uh, Life is in the Transition, Mastering Change at Any Age, says that transitions are essential. They are the parts of life where we get better. We think of these periods as painful, as uncomfortable, as unpleasant periods. We have to kind of grit or grind our way through. But in fact, the greatest periods of growth, he says, are these periods of dislocation and disconnection and reinvention. So how do you not waste a good transition? Well, you learn from it. You reset. You come out of the other side more resolved and more mature. Again, Bruce Feiler describes his journey across America in, in getting the information from which he wrote his book, and doing the study he did. He interviewed hundreds of people across America, collecting hundreds of life stories, exploring how people navigate the growing number of transitions with greater purpose and skill. I like what he says in chapter four about the ABCs of meaning. People best negotiate transitions in life, he says, when they balance three things, agency, belonging, and cause. Let me put it in another way. Bruce Feiler suggests there are three pillars to a well-balanced life. These are agency, belonging, and cause. So I'm going to take these three pillars as the outline for my sermon today. Agency, the ABCs of meaning, agency, autonomy, Freedom, creativity, mastery, the belief that you can impact the world around you and not just that the world around you impact you. Belonging, relationships, community, friends, family, people that surround and nurture you. Cause, a calling, a mission, a direction, a purpose, a transcendent commitment beyond yourself that makes your life worth while agency agency is the story of me i am the doer i am the creator and i exercise agency therefore i can feel fulfilled in times of transition It requires individual, personal initiative. The world impacts us, but even in the most difficult situations, agency means you can impact the world around you. Agency is the story of me. And when I think of the word me, I think of Garfield in the comic strips. And just a couple of weeks ago, Garfield is sort of thoughtful. You, you could say he was in a bit of a pensive mood. And the first frame, the first panel says, when I think about doing good and helping others, Garfield continues in the second panel, I ask myself a simple question. And then the final panel, what's in it for me? Agency is a story of me. Uh, but it's not that kind of me I'm talking about. Uh, me, when you think of the word me, you may think of a narcissistic personality disorder. Everything centers around the me and, and nobody else really matters. Or, or you might think of the me generation. You You may have grown up in the me generation. Several generations, including the boomers and the millennials, I think, have been called the me generation. Actually, those of us who grew up in America, we breathe America's air, we stand on American soil, we understand me, don't we? We just think it's all about us and it's all about me. But I'm not talking about the me generation, I'm not talking about narcissistic personality nor even the me, me, me generation. I'm talking about agency, the story of me, the story of healthy self-respect that sees yourself as someone that can and does make a difference. Times of transition require individual, personal initiative. The world around us impacts us, but even in the most difficult situations, agency means you can impact the world in which you live. Nehemiah understood this. Nehemiah was in a responsible position in the kingdom of Persia. You see, the leaders of Israel had been taken away captive. And the problem was uh, the city, Jerusalem, the walls had been destroyed, the temple had been destroyed, Destroyed, It was in rubble. And the issue was the people that had been taken away, quote, captive, they made their way in a foreign country pretty well. And back home it was in total disrepair. Disrep- uh, Nehemiah made a significant difference in rebuilding the walls of the city, in repopulating the city, in bringing order out of chaos, and he decided if it's going to happen, it must begin with me. If you read his prayer in Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11, uh, he prayed an intercessory prayer for his people and one of confession for the role his own people played in the calamity of the day. Through prayer and reflection, he finally realized he could make a difference. He became governor of the people, he went back home, he led the rebuilding of the wall. Notice, Nehemiah was not a preacher. He was not a priest. Imagine this, he was a politician. But he realized he could make a positive difference, and he did. He rallied the people to join him and to share in his passion, to get involved. And so what I say to us today, be careful what you tell yourself about yourself. Nehemiah had a dawning awareness of the situation. He made a decision to get involved. He made a commitment, he resolved to do something different. Life does things to us, but the important thing is what we as individuals do in response to life. If we are going to make a difference, it will require personal character, personal integrity, it will, inc- it will require some resilience, Some intercession, some initiative. Now, right about now, your church is right in the middle of a transition. Like most churches in the United States, your church may have declined numerically in recent years. Many of you may be able to recall a time when this church was in its heyday. You had large vacation Bible schools. Uh, the building was bursting at the seams with people. You had large numbers in worship, building The building had rooms with capacity that were filled with capacity. And so I ask a question, what's happened? Uh, just a minute, hang on. Don't start throwing tomatoes. Because I'm going to ask another question. The better question, I think, is not what has happened. But now that we are in this position, now that we are in the middle of a transition from one pastor to another, what can I do? What can each of you do to make a difference in the life of this congregation? What can I do to bring about positive change? If we're going to make a difference, as I said a moment ago, it will require personal character, personal integrity, personal initiative. It will require some resilience. It will require some getting involved. But none of us make it through a church transition or a personal transition or a family transition by ourselves. It it takes we. And so the A for ABCs is agency, the B is belonging. Belonging is the story of we. We are part of a larger community, a family, a team. We belong to a group uh, and in turn feel needed. In times of transition, uh, what is needed is not just the me, but it is a collective effort. Be careful what you belong to. The little me can do lots of things but really not much without we. It's the we that really makes all the difference. It was true for Nehemiah in his day and the people of Jerusalem. Uh, Listen to what he says in chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer disgrace. And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been upon me for good, and also of the words which the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good. Verse 3 and 4 of Nehemiah, you see how uh, various assignments were made, and each of them went to work rebuilding the wall because they were inspired by Nehemiah, and each of them joined hands with each other, and though obstacles were there, the wall was rebuilt. It wasn't easy. It took a lot of work. It took a lot of me. A lot of individual initiative, but it took a lot of we, we. Collective energy moving in the same direction. Three pillars of transition, agency, the me, belonging, the we, and then cause, the the story purpose. This part of the story is the the story, the one in which we serve an ideal, a faith, a cause. We give of ourselves to others and by extension, feel part of something larger. We give ourselves to God. Times of transition require the intervention of God. Nehemiah prayed an intercessory prayer for his friends back in Jerusalem, but he also prayed a prayer of confession what has been my part, my involvement in this calamity? Be careful what cause you give yourself to. Nehemiah had a very good position back in Persia. He was the cupbearer to the king. He understood the me. But, but he did a little self-sacrifice. Uh, I, I think his 401k was secure. Uh, His current salary was secure. He had three meals a day. He could retire comfortably. What more could you want? Well, what more could you want was to be called to do something greater than just taking the cup to the king. To be called to rebuild the wall of the hometown. Dmi is a great example, I think, of the three pillars that we need to balance as we move through transitions of life. Agency. He used his considerable personal influence to impact the world in which he lived to make a difference. He, he belonged to a religious group. He rallied that group. That wanted to make a difference but they did not do it by themselves they did it by the power of almighty god the cause was attached to the cause of christ in the world so what about you today and what about this church during this significant transition i would suggest we face many transitions in life in fact Bruce Fowler suggests that we face a major disruption in life every couple of years. He refutes Gail Sheehy's approach that there are just several major passages in life, Uh, but but we have disruptions in life all the time, and if we're going to face them, we've got to step up as individuals and as groups. We've got to exert the me, but we must also join efforts with others in this very important task of whatever we're moving through. Never waste a good transition. Never waste an interruption. N- never waste a disruption. Some of you may know the name Winton Marsalis. He is a jazz trumpeter. Got his start right over in, what's the name of that place? New Orleans? I can't say it right. He was, I heard about a time when, when this great jazz trumpeter, Wynton Marsalis, was playing a gig at a club in New York City. He was playing a mournful soul ballad, I don't stand a ghost of a chance with you. At the song's most heartrending moment, a cell phone began to ring. Can you imagine? This would have killed the mood and ruined the performance. It could have. Marcellus might have even walked off the stage and ended the concert because of that interruption. But instead, he did something amazing. Without missing a beat, he picked up on the tune of the cell phone ring and incorporated it into the song he was playing, blending it into what he had already planned to play. Isn't that beautiful? The stunning development of that how he faced that disruption brought the house down, and Wynton Marsalis was able to transform a rude interruption and disruption into a moment of glory and beauty. He turned a setback into a symphony. That's what great musicians do, you know. A lot of disruptions in life. Disturbing the flow of music. But our God is the great improviser. And we can join God in that as we exercise our own agency and our sense of belonging, we can improvise and make beautiful music with God, who is the great improviser. 10 years from now, the story will be told of 2022, and how we were just coming out of this terrible, awful disruption of the whole world, and the story will be told of how University Baptist Church met that disruption with grace and with harmony and and with success. I, I don't know what the rest of the story will hold exactly, do you? But my point is, you can be part of it. You can be part of of this great improvisation of making all these awful disruptions into beautiful music. If you take initiative, if you join hands with others, and realize God is leading. May we pray. Assist us, Lord, in living hopefully into the future. In the face of change, help us to set unnecessary fears aside and to recognize our potential for creative response. Help us to develop a reasonable optimism when confronted by the new and the disruptions. Be with us as we remember and celebrate former times and keep us from unreasonable yearning for them, which takes us from the work you have set before us in our time. All this we ask in the name of your child, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.